Welcome back to Son of a Preacher Man, a podcast that's all about finding beauty and brokenness, grace and grit, God and the ambiguity of the in-between. In this episode, Jonathan interviews singer, comedian, and songwriter Mark Lowry. He was a co-writer on the famous song, Mary Did You Know, and a member of the Gaither Vocal Band. In this conversation, Jonathan and Mark discussed faith and their careers as Christians who have gone far from home, but still carry it with them wherever they go. We hope you enjoy. I was saying that um, first John talks about perfect love cast out fear, and I've just thought a lot the last couple years about how I feel like, you know, when I first discovered a grace message, it's like you just try to put that on top of everything else. They've got the same foundation, but now we're adding grace in the mix. Oh, yeah. Like not seeing that really it's like if fear has been the driving engine, that that has to be taken out and entirely replaced, which is much more radical than yeah. right. throw a little grace on top of whatever it is that you just thought before. Yeah, or have always believed. Yeah. Yeah. It won't work. It doesn't grace work. Grace destroys everything. It, re- it really does. Grace is unrealistic. It is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It is had to have been man-made because it's so stupid. Right. That's the truth. How yeah. could it be? It, it is a license to sin. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. Paul knew it yes. too. Yes, he really does. But the thing is, I like what Vestal Goodman used to say. She, I mm. just don't want to hurt his feelings. Mm, wow. That's powerful. That's yeah. really powerful. I, she said, I just don't know about all that because I tried to talk to her like this. Yeah. Or anybody that will. Yeah. You know, I mean, but, but she didn't. Some people, I've, I've learned that some people won't go there because they've been there. Right. It's yeah. not that we're more smart or thinking or sure. I used to think why won't my friends keep up with me mm-hmm. and I mm-hmm. realize I'm the third grader going up and say to you have you heard about grace yeah and they go yeah right <laughs> you know a lot of them have sure. just have literally settled it in Bubba Dina they they don't talk about this they've mm. moved on mm. and I used to think what's wrong with them but now I realize I'm still trying to figure out two plus two yeah yeah, and I feel the same way. Like I really feel like I'm still in kindergarten around all that because I think I had such a deeply fear-based foundation. Oh, I think we all. Oh, are. but let me tell you about your foundation. Mm. I got one too. I thank God for it. Oh, for sure. Because yeah, I they, see that. I was raised in Independent Baptist. We had to memorize mm. that Bible. Yeah. And I'm so grateful. Yeah. We did it so we could, you know, beat the other kids at the quiz. <laughs> sure. At camp, but it got in there. Yeah. And the thing I'm thankful for is if they did nothing else right, mm. they got one thing right, mm. his name. Yeah, wow. wow. Think about that. Mm-hmm. What if we were still looking for Jesus because they told us it was Allah? Yeah. We'd still be looking for Jesus. Sure. Thank God they got nothing else right, pants on women and how long your hair is mm-hmm. and <laughs> if you smoke or drink or whatever. <laughs> they got his name right. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and I, he and I took it from there. Mm-hmm. That's so good. I love that. I you love know? that. Yeah, yeah. It, it's like it plants a seed in people. That, and it's funny because then I think for so many folks, when that starts to unravel, they think they're losing their faith altogether. But they're really not. You know, it's just that system has to crumble first. But then that, that Jesus thing sticks with the person and haunts them and, you know, kind of pulls you back even when you don't does. really want it to. <laughs> And a song will do that too. Mm-hmm. A, a good old gospel song that you heard all your life. A good yes. old hymn. 
one of those old hymns. Oh, I, you're younger than me, so I don't know what kind of music you were raised on, but I was raised on, you know, all the old hymns, mm -hmm. and now I can hear one. And when I had my MRI, it wasn't one of those new praise songs I right. was singing. Yeah, right, yeah, sure. It was That's Blessed right. Assurance, Jesus yes. is Mine, because mm -hmm. that is my childhood. Now, these mm -hmm. young kids, what I try to tell the older people like me, yeah, you want to go to church late so you just hear the sermon. Mm -hmm. You don't want to sit through the rock band. Yeah. I understand that. Yeah. But we had our turn. Yeah. This is their turn. Sure. And we had songs that led us to Jesus, and that's why we love them so much, and we want everyone to love them like us. But these songs are their future. Yeah. Blessed assurance. Mm -hmm. It really is. Absolutely. And so what I do now when I go to church, I watch the young people. Because mm. I don't I know the songs are bad. Mm -hmm. They don't rhyme well. They're, right. They don't. They're not metered well. They're not constructed <laughs> well. But it uh, doesn't matter. They're yeah. weeping over those songs mm, that yeah. God gave somebody. Mm -hmm. And evidently, God can't always write good ones. <laughs> <laughs> that's so great. <laughs> but you know, that's my opinion. But uh, the, you know, anyway. Oh, I, t I want to sh share something with you that oh, jumped please. out because you, you like things that jump out. One time I was on the back porch reading about uh, John, I think it's nine, the guy, the, the blind guy. Yeah. That Jesus healed. He had to go wash in the pool of Salome, you know. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, Becky Isaacs came up to me. She's one of those people. You know mm. Isaacs? Uh, just from afar. Okay, Becky came up. We always talk like this about this stuff. And she had this great insight on this chap chapter, and I'd never seen it, about how uh, it wasn't the closest pool. Mm. Pool of Siloam was not the closest. He had to work. He had to. He, here is a blind man. You never tell a blind man to go. Mm. You lead a blind man. Yeah. Jesus said, go wash. Wow. And, he, and here's this blind guy stumbling to not even the closest pool. Just like our walk of faith, we're blind. Mm -hmm. But we're stumbling because our master said go. So we're going to find, because we know our healing is in that water. Yeah. So she get, he gets to the water, he washes his eyes. And so I'm, and she tells it all. And they wrote this incredible song called Waiting in the Water. Mm. W-A-I-T-I-N-G, Waiting in the Water. It's a great song. Mm. It came from that this chapter so well I went back and read it and I was read because I now I'm all interested you know and I go back and look at it and um, oh god the stuff in there mm -hmm. well the one thing that really jumped out to me is when finally his parents are brought in they don't want to talk because they're going to get kicked out of church you know the mm -hmm. deacons are all upset and and then uh and finally he says, look, what? I don't know if he's good or bad. All I know is I'm blind, now I can see. Which, I love this quote, I don't know who said it, but I always use it right here. A person with an experience is never at the mercy of a person with an argument. Yeah, I believe that. Isn't that a great line? That's a great quote. And then, he gets kicked out, right? Because he says, what, do you want to become his disciple too? And with that, they kicked him out. Mm -hmm. The next verse. And when Jesus heard, mm -hmm. they kicked him. He came to him. He might not have come if he hadn't been kicked out. Wow. Sometimes you I'm going to preach that. Sometimes you've got to get kicked out of church before Jesus will show Ooh, up. Oh, yeah. And then he says to him, do you believe on the Son of Man? He said, oh, show him to me. Don't you recognize my voice? Hmm. He says in the message, I don't know what he says in the others. And then I thought, 
How cool is this? He gets kicked out of church and then he gets led to Jesus by Jesus. Wow. Who gets that? Yeah. What church do you have to get kicked out of to have Jesus lead you to himself? Right. Which he probably does with everybody. But, wow. but that was physically. He'd heard. Mm -hmm. He got kicked out and he mm. went to him. Mm. That's amazing. Now I'll show you a good one, Stan Wit, uh, Stan Mitchell. You know him? Oh yeah, because Stan's become a good friend. Uh -huh. Yeah, I just saw him actually last night. He's after very smart. <laughs> yeah, just like you. He knows stuff. Well, in fact, I heard his tapes on the life of the beloved Henry Nowen's book. Oh yeah, I you ought to hear books. Stan's six series tape. I don't even know if he knows where they are. I mm. just don't know how I got them. Someone gave them to me because they knew how I was thinking and. And they and I put them up on my refrigerator and forgot about them. Hmm. And then, for some reason, I had to drive to Kentucky for the National Quartet Convention. I put them in my car and I listened to them all the way. And it was a salvation experience. Wow. I mean, I, I am Baptist. I believe you're born again once, you know, supposedly. But this was a whole new thing hmm. that I was liked, not just loved. Yeah, there's a big difference. Mm -hmm. And. Um, Oh gosh! And so I wept all the way. I'm so glad I was by myself. Hmm. All the way to uh, Kentucky, hearing this, just going, "My gosh! I knew this had to be true, but I didn't mm -hmm. know anyone. It was true. Yeah. You could back it up. Yeah. I knew God must be nice. Mm -hmm. Well, um, so I called him, and then we connected, and uh, I helped. It. We helped. I helped. I should say. I think no, we just me, but. I really wanted that church to happen because mm. I wanted to hear him every chance I could, you know. Um, and uh, but you know how lives are, you know, you cross yeah. and you're with someone for a while, you learn, and then you're off. And I don't know what he's doing now. I don't really talk to him anymore. But it was great while it lasted. Yeah. And I learned a lot. But what I oh, I tell you what I was going to tell you what I learned that I love the most. I think this may be John chapter nine. Why do I keep? Anyway, you know where Jesus, Paul, Peter says, "I'll never deny you." Oh yeah, before the rooster crows three times. Well, that's John twelve, I think, going into thirteen. Mm -hmm. He well, it, they shouldn't have divided it. Mm. He's, Jesus is still talking. It, it, before you, de, you will deny me three times, and but don't let your heart be troubled. Yeah, it's still mm -hmm. talking. Mm -hmm. In the message, it says, "But don't let that throw you." Mm. Wow. You're going to sin. He predicts the sin, forgives okay. it, and tells him not to worry about it. Mm -hmm. And he hadn't even done it yet. Yeah. Time travel. Hmm. So, that's interesting. That's, that's beautiful. First of all, that really backs up my belief in once saved, always saved. Or, mm -hmm. or, or maybe not. But the part about... Um, Sixty. <laughs> no, all that's so good. I just think like people do have like an intuitive sense of who God is, but then don't, but then don't have a theological framework to go with it. So it's like you know, it's like I guess that's like so many people that's go on this great. kind of journey because like heart wise they're there, but they don't know how to do it head. The John Why are they thing, heart wise there? Yeah. Oh, totally. Why? I think. I think. Well, because I, they remember home. That's exactly Something right. Something yeah, in that's your right. DNA remembers yes. Eden. Yeah, that's right. I do believe that. Yeah, I believe that with all my heart. The John nine thing, that I've been thinking about that scripture so much for the last year. It's almost becoming everything. Cause like, 
everything in John is supposed to work on a metaphorical level, level too. So the whole chapter, all this stuff like the blind man's coming to see, the Pharisees and scribes think they see, but they don't. So I've been kind of on a thing. In fact, I was writing a little bit about this today. That I just keep coming back to this idea that salvation really is about nothing more than coming to see what already really is. Everything's about seeing a perception. The prodigal son, um, when he's in the pig pen, he the only way he can envision the father is that he sees him as like, in Herbert McCabe's phrase, as a punitive ogre. Like that's His sin didn't change anything about his relationship with the father. It changed his own perception. He's trapped in a delusion Ooh. in how he sees God. Has it changed a thing in the world? So like then and and but then and how did he forget his father so quick? Yeah, that's a great question. That's and great, we have oh for sure for sure, but I, that's just been revolutionary for me. Like that whenever I think that there's separation between me and God, that's always a myth. Like it's never true. I just get stuck in a delusion. It's not real, you know. But but to see is always to know that we are loved. To know that that never changes, you know. It's it's but it's all about perception, like. God doesn't need to do anything different. We don't need like, you know, there's no, I mean, the the prodigal father won't even listen to his son's little speech. Like he's not even listening to a plea for forgiveness. Like we don't need God to do something here. It's totally a matter of like, to me, the key part of that is that he comes to himself. Like he comes yes. to his senses. There's just yes. a waking up, you know, and you so you either see or you don't see, you wake up or you don't, but none of that changes what, who father, God is or yeah. what God's doing. He was still on the porch. Always. Yeah, always. Where'd you go, son? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I love that. Oh, gosh, I do, too. Whew. I love how you think. So tell me where you're, Tell me your story. Who are you? I mean, <laughs> first I know of you is there's somebody stolen my friend Jonathan Martin's name. Right, yes, the other Jonathan the Martin. The other Jonathan Martin. <laughs> but you were Jonathan A. Martin, Yeah. which makes it easier. Okay, good. <laughs> um, but um, I don't but then I see you on Reba's Tuesday night program. And uh, and she told me that you were good. She wanted us to meet and all. And I and so I, I listened. I thought, whoa, you were you. And you kind of last night you you didn't have notes. You were just mm. talking, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of like what I do. Problem is, I don't remember at the end of it what I talked about. Right. <laughs> I'm doing that more these days too. But but you're but but you're really. You're in that Bible every day, right? Yeah. See, I don't get in there every day. I mean, you know, I don't mean like I never miss a day, kind of like that. But I mean, I, I still, I, oddly, I love the scripture more than I ever have. It's funny because I'm sure a lot of people think I'm on the slippery slope, you know, but it's oh, like, yeah. and, I love the Bible more than I ever have. And you know what? <laughs> we are. Yeah, that's right. We, we don't know where he's going. Sure, that's and so true. And we hope it's him. Right, yeah. I mean, we don't want to be wrong. Right. I didn't set out to be wrong. Nope, me neither. I set out to... To know him better, hopefully, uh, and like Russ Taft told me one time, his therapist mm. said, um, "If your God is a condemning, if your Jesus is a condemning Jesus, you need to fire him. You've got the wrong one." Mm. And wow. and so and he did that, and I was going through the whole thing about, you know, changing from a a rigid authoritarian, not much of a brother Jesus to yeah. the one that won't. That, you know, stick closer than a brother, he said. And I, and, um, I went out by the, at Center Hill Lake on my jet ski, went out there and wrote a letter to my little J. Jesus and mm. fired him, just like he did. And that's, it, 
it was part of the journey. I, I don't even know why I really did that because I don't do much of that, you know, therapy stuff. Mm-hmm. No, uh, or what? A, you know, like the. It obviously there was isn't a little Jesus somewhere, but it was something I did, and it did That's break something. Deal. It's like okay. And I and it's it's like you know Jesus said unless you come to me as a little child well that's a clean slate yeah. right forget everything you knew about God we're starting over mm-hmm. I think that might be what he meant yeah because I am gonna trick you if you think because everybody you know who got healed or saved in this chair makes an idol out of the chair yeah that's right rather than it ain't about the chair mm-hmm. it's about Jesus and. And I had to start over. Yeah. But yet, I didn't leave a lot. I didn't leave it all behind. Right. No. Yeah. You know me I mean? neither. Not at all. I didn't leave kindness. Mm-hmm. I learned respect for people. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to a friend of mine on the phone yesterday from college. I hadn't talked to him in years. I don't know. I felt like calling him, so I did. And he has he has veered more to that direction. Mm. He think believes that Trump is second coming, you know? Hmm. And and he, the more he talked, the more intense he became. And I said, this is why people don't want to talk to you. Hmm. Wow. I said, a baby has never been argued out of the womb. Hmm. If you want to win your argument or convince them, yeah. why don't you start with saying, how did you come to this conclusion? Hmm. Where are you from? Hmm. How did your come up with these ideas how because you know and and the possibility that you could be wrong yeah when you ever lose the possibility that you could be wrong then really there's nothing else to talk about yeah that's so true mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's, that's so good yeah I kind of feel like that's really what life with God is supposed to be about it's like we're, we're coming to trust our own discernment less not more like you know I feel like I feel, I feel dumber all the time like I feel like that's surely what wisdom is it's like you we're kind of learning not to trust our own instincts in that way and not to be so and when is it you know? right, <laughs> right like for instance my friend said yesterday Tony Campolo he was he went off on Tony mm. and he said why didn't he stand up and you know he, he mentioned everything scripture he quoted was out of the Old Testament. That's interesting. And and it was about the king who went to David and said, Thou art the man. I said, Well you what I said, you have no idea what they talked about. Mm-hmm. You don't know that he didn't do that. Mm. You know, I mean it's how they 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 let one thing lead to another. And I guess I do that we all do that, I sure. presume. You hang around people who think like you think yeah. and it can become a sore. Mm-hmm. You gotta have other input, mm-hmm. you know. You got, and you can't think all of the news is fake, or mm-hmm. else how will we learn anything? Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a, it's hard not to do right now. <laughs> Jonathan, answer his question if you don't mind about where did you come from? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah, where did I come from? Yeah, because he doesn't really know your story. Well, so. I've got deep roots in the Church of God, Cleveland, Tennessee, oh, the Pentecostal him. one. I love that. So, you know, like, so my dad's Danny pre- Murray. Oh, yeah. I love him. Yeah, absolutely. Jay DeMarcus came from there. Right. Absolutely. Yes. Neil Coomer. Did you know him? Yeah, just a little bit. Like, this is a One of the best singers ever. Oh, so good. Yeah, East to West, came right out of Lee and all yeah, that. Yeah. And so, 
Yeah, I was, um, so my dad's a minister in that tradition. My grandfather was too. He's been gone for a long time. So very much kind of like holiness Pentecostal thing. But like, um, and grew up in all of North Carolina, basically in Charlotte. Very, and I, I'm so thankful for my roots. I mean, it shaped me in so many wonderful ways. Uh -huh. But I, I really internalized the fear stuff deeply. So that's been a big part of my story is I kind of like, I mean, I really thought that just about completely Well, that's what the law does. Down. It's good at fear. Oh, totally, yes. Yes. It was a good babysitter till Jesus showed up. Yes, yes, I love that language. Um, so you know, I kind of I went to Baptist college in North Carolina. I met my now ex-wife when I was nineteen. Got married at twenty-one. Kind of stumbled into youth ministry for about seven years. Planted a church in Charlotte that I led for about nine years. It was a wonderful experiment. And I think that whole journey, you know, my world was kind of expanding. I did a couple. Uh, master's degrees at the Church of God Seminary and then at Duke and I think you know and I got more interested in like uh, communion became very central to us there so that was real which wasn't a big deal kind of in the Church of God so much but we were doing communion weekly, the Lord's Supper yeah like yeah. we do that every week and the Apostles Creed and the Lord's Prayer and incorporating stuff like that you know we didn't do that either no yes that was all new to me but so, so it's like broadening all that I mean the big like um the big loss of my life was basically, and this is a long story which I have written about, but I, w I went through a very painful divorce when I was 36, and it was precisely because our marriage was falling apart and I was falling apart that I left the church. Like we weren't, we weren't forced out, but there was just no sustaining it, and it kind of felt like you know, ministry was the only thing duct taping us together. So, and I feel, like, but I feel like that experience has been so formative for me because. You know, all my life had kind of been on the straight and narrow. Like, I don't think there was, a, I never had like a prodigal season. I was too scared. You know, I was right. way too scared. I mean, I yeah. couldn't have been more like by the book. So I think some of the stuff even we're talking about today, I feel like I had like a head revelation of, but I, I had not lived those things experientially at all. And so, you know, I kind of felt like that whole process, finally I figure out, I'm having to learn what it is to kind of live from the, from the underside. And instead of, because I think I wondered, you know, I, I've, fumbled into full-time ministry when I was 22, I really wondered, like, if I did, if I wasn't getting a paycheck, would I still be a Christian? Have I been a professional Christian for so long? Like, what, what, Interesting. I really wondered. I've asked that myself. But it, me. But the kind of wonderful surprise of it was that I kind of felt like all that just pushed me much deeper into my relationship with Jesus. And God became much more real to me. So it's like my life unraveled. In fact, this has been, this has been a powerful thing for me, too, when you're bringing up, like, Jesus and Peter. I love that Jesus tells Peter, you know, he, he prophesies that he's going to fail. He tells them that, that this is going to happen. And there's that whole thing where he tells Peter, you know, like, but I've prayed for you. Satan has desired to sift you like wheat, but I've prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And it's like it hit me like in the middle of all that, that Jesus is telling Peter that he's going to fail. I mean, that's already like, that's for conclusion. Peter, you're going to fail. But I prayed for you that your faith may not wow, fail. Wow, I never saw so that. So I decided it's possible that your you could fail, yeah. but your faith not fail. Yeah. So that was my experience. I like, love that. I failed, but my faith held up, <laughs> and I was surprised by it. Yeah. I was surprised that my faith only kind of got deeper and stronger. So it's like I feel like I completely my life unraveled, but my faith got much deeper. You know, so that took me on this whole journey of you know for about a year or so. I was doing some ghost writing and random things just to pay the bills went to Tulsa, Oklahoma for about 
three years. So, so that kind of led me on the whole thing of ultimately, I mean, I've just been here like two months just because Nashville felt like it was what the right place. treasure you are to Nashville. Especially oh, the you, Tuesday so night kind. thing. The first time I saw you, I said, he needs to be there every week if you can get him. Mm. That's so nice I got to hear him talking. I can't sit and hear one song after another for me personally. Uh -huh. I love talking. Yeah, I yeah. want to hear some preaching if they're any good. Sure, right. Even if they're not, it can be interesting. That's true. That's absolutely you know? true. <laughs> I mean, some of those radio stations I used to listen to when I traveled back yeah. from 80 to 81, 80 to 88 before Gaither showed up, I was doing 200 churches a year. Good Independent, gracious. fundamental Baptist churches. Wow. That's all that knew me. Yeah. All that, and they didn't even know me because uh -huh. I was a student of Jerry Falwell. And, and then word of mouth got the... And once I'd been there, then they'd tell their friends, and so I stayed mm. booked. But um, I would listen. I'd travel, you know, and that was before. All we had was AM and FM radio yeah. back in our day. <laughs> I mean, remember? We had three stations. Uh, AM, ABC, CBS, and NBC was it. Yeah. Okay, so I'm driving, I'm listening. I, oh, I died to find preachers on the radio because uh -huh. some of them, those North Carolina, they'd hack. Oh, like, yeah. Hey, I mean, ha! Ha! And I would, they would just entertain me. Yes. <laughs> and then I'd come across Chuck Swindoll, and I'd be on mm. the side of the road crying. Yeah. Because he'd tell some story. Um, and he told one story one time. I just still I still remember it. Little Johnny, I'll give you the cliff notes. Little Johnny moved to a new neighbor, new school, so he was the you know the, he was bullied because he was just new. Uh. And uh, and the mother noticed that he had no friends when he was at the bus stop. She'd see him standing by himself, and all the kids clenched. Her heart was breaking. And it came Valentine's Day, and he's all excited. He's going to make Valentine cards for all the kids. And you're going to love this. And and so he he goes, uh, and she's worried. You know, he's going to come home with not one card. Mm. And she baked cookies for him so he, you know, that it would help. And she sees him get off the bus and come run into the house and not a card in his hand. Mm. And he runs in and he says, Mama, Mama, I didn't forget a single one. No, he said, not a one, not a one. I didn't forget a single one. And uh, the idea is... Mm. How love only thinks of, yeah. you know, that was well, the point he was making. Yeah. But well, I thought about that kid. I was on the side of the road crying. That's so great. I was so, <laughs> I do have that's a, a vintage Chuck Swindoll kind of story right there. That's so yeah. great. But I love those things. I love, man, tell me a story. Yeah. Any preacher who can tell a story. Thank Jesus you for the was, kind words about Tuesday night. So oh, that really man. Means a lot to me. And I'm looking forward to your Thursday night thing. Yeah, that's going to be fun. Tell me about that. Well, basically just, you know, since I'm doing the podcast anyway. Um, yeah, and I've, I've, I've listened to a few of those too. Thursday nights are basically just just going to do the, the show live. And I think what I'm going to do, um, it's, this has been surprising. When you say show live, what is that? So Sermon? It's, it's, it, it'll, it'll vary a little bit. Some of the folks who listen, I've been kind of surprised by this because I've been doing a lot of conversations, which I want to keep having conversations. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people say, like, hey, we really do want to hear you preach. So I'm going to try to do a little bit more, like, live preaching sometimes. Well, like you do hear me. Like here. Yeah. Sometimes with a guest, sometimes with music, sometimes with not. Mm -hmm. uh, but because what I'm doing, that was coming out twice a week. And I'm trying to, this is a tall order, but I'm trying to revamp to where I'm going to do a short podcast that comes out, like, daily, five Ooh, days a week. Good. Kind of devotional oh style. Gosh. So I'm trying to figure out how to do that I think is going to be more like just me plugging my mic into the laptop. Five days a week. That's the idea. And you got that much to say? 
Theoretically, I mean I, that that's the question, that, right? Is do you, I really have that you much need to, to write say? down how many days that is a year? <laughs> I mean, because I tell you what, I started to do at the beginning of the year that I quit at a hundred days because I can quit. Is I don't matter what kind of commitment I made, I can stop it if I'm bored. <laughs> it's terrible. No, same here. I can't even believe I said that out loud. <laughs> no, I made a, I said I'm going to write. I'm going to do a podcast, a video podcast, every day with my phone. It was yeah. easy. I mean, I, and I can do it. I can edit on the on the iMovie, uh-huh. 100 days of gratitude. I mean, okay. I'm sorry, a, a, a year of gratitude, that was the idea. Every day I was going to find something to be grateful for. Mm. Uh, whether it be eyelashes, uh, mm. G, everything from eyelashes to Jesus. You know, I mean, everything you think of. I mean, How long were they? Just a couple of minutes okay. at the most. And I'd have guests come on, you know, mm. uh, Joe Bonds, of the Oak Ridge Boys did, did one, you know, and I'd try to, but th- I didn't get many responses from that. So I just kept doing them for 100 days. And I was out of ideas. Mm. I cannot believe I'm only grateful for 100 things. <laughs> well, honey, that's, pretty, that's a pretty good streak, was, though. And I just stopped. And what you do is you just stop pretending you never meant to go that long. Right, yeah. <laughs> and, right, and, yes. And, and people forget. They yes, forget. totally. God's placed in you, mm. and it really is a gift. Thank you so much. I mean, from you, that means so much more. I know I tell you, I'm I'm such a fan. I really am. Like, well, this is just this the is, thing is that you amazing. did nothing to deserve it. You, I mean, mm. you know, I I mean, you God gave you a great brain. Now, thank God you went to college and you honed your craft. You mm. studied. There is a gift in you, of uh, being able to mm. figure to see stuff that not everybody sees. God has given you that. Mm. Well, I'm I'm so grateful. And I tell you, I've, I've been so grateful just to connect with. And Reba had always been so encouraging to me from afar. But I do love this whole little community on Tuesday night. I mean, it's just so open. People Bag are so vulnerable. It really is. I love it. That, that, the whole thing. I, it, it is a community of misfits. And that is entirely where I belong. I love that it's so wide open. Nobody holds anything back. And it's just... But what makes it so special, I think about this a lot, is it's like the kind of gospel culture of it. It's like everything I love about where I come from but without all the terrible things, yeah. you know what I mean? Without like the, open people and kind of ju- open theology. It's just judging. That's right. No judging. But you have those songs without the context of those, you know, wrathful sermons of, oh, this is a whole different thing, you know? Like my heart longs for that, to bring those worlds together. Because yeah. I need too. that. I still care about where I come from. Oh, listen. That's all in me. I know. I, my whole job is to woo the bride to the bridegroom, not piss her off. Yeah. And those people... Are the bride? Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, the, the weaker brother. Mm-hmm. Paul talks about, and they don't know it. They think right. they're the, the they're the one that stayed home. Right, but really, their hearts are long from. You yeah. know, I mean, when you can't realize your own sinfulness. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you've forgotten. I mean, I I've done some stuff mm. that God has forgiven me from. Oh man, same. And yeah. I don't want to ever. I can't forget it. it Satan mm-hmm. won't let me. Mm-hmm. 
He lo- or, or else I won't let me. I don't right, know who yeah, it is. Sure. <laughs> Those but, things are often synonymous, I think. <laughs> you know. I know. <laughs> and so is God, because sometimes when he talks to me, it's in a Texas accent. Yeah. <laughs> I think he always does that for whoever you are. Right. I used to think, you know, growing up as Pentecostal as I did, you know, every tongue interpretation, yay, yay, I say unto thee. I mean, like that, that's King how God James. talks. That's how God talks, always in the King's English. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, I was, I, all my best friends down in Houston, which she knows all of them, were raised United Pentecostal. Oh, See, UPC, which is, yeah. Which is like Church of God on steroids. It is on steroids. Man, they're more intense than us. Oh, well, oneness. Something. Yes, we mm-hmm. are. Yeah. And they've all walked away. Every one of them walked away from that. Yeah. I mean, but you know, did you know the UPC just passed, well, I think maybe five years ago at this age, just is just five years. You know, you think it could happen. Do uh, You can have a TV. Oh, really? They said, we all have the internet. Huh. Why can't we have a TV? <laughs> and they passed it finally to have a TV. Did you know that? That's really interesting. Does anybody call you Jonathan A. Martin? No, but I'll answer to anything. <laughs> but I mean, because in our world, that would be real confusing. Oh, for sure. Well, you know what makes it extra confusing is that it's such a common name. So in addition to... Oh, it is? You're Jonathan Martin. There was... The, um, I don't even remember this story. There was a guy from the Miami Dolphins who got bullied and it became a whole thing. He was Jonathan Martin. There's a pretty well-known political reporter for the New York Times named Jonathan Martin. There's a clothing line oh, named Jonathan is. Martin. It is such a common name. <laughs> so suffice it to say, like, JonathanMartin.com was not an option for the website, you know. It's, oh, yeah. It's so <laughs> I bet it would. So but I common. bet Jonathan A. Martin would be. That's true. That's true. I really probably should use that more. And I do right. like Houston a lot. Do you, yeah. enjoy, you enjoy Houston? I was born there. Oh, yeah, really? Okay, great. My parents cool. were born there. My grandfather could remember when Houston had one stoplight. Wow, that's amazing. He worked for the Umbel Oil Company, which is now Exxon. I see. And uh, my mother and dad met. Uh, well, my grandfather was led to Christ by an independent Baptist preacher who was going door to door. Okay. H. Frank Fort was his name the Berean Baptist Church, and so we joined, of course, they joined that church, and then I was later born, not in that church, near the church. Mm. And um, I, the thing I remember about that church, what a choir we had. And and we our, the church was our life. Was, mm. was that the way it was when you were Oh, born? absolutely, very I mean, so. Yeah, I looked forward everything. to it, because all yeah. my friends were there. Everything sure. we knew. The choir came over to practice at the house, or the singers would, or whatever, when I was a kid. But uh, we quit that church because the new pre- brother Ford died in the pulpit one morning. Wow, that's preaching. He wanted to die preaching. He got to. I was huh. five, and I was awakening off. I was on my grandmother's arm and woke to chaos. But was he, he pretty old? He's sixty-three. Oh, that's not that's old. all he wow. was. Oof. Anyway, he died. So they had to get a new preacher. Well, they never had another preacher. No one huh. knew. He started the church. No one knew how to find a preacher. Well. But they put a committee together, went and found this guy named Richard Fry, and and uh, um, he was young, evidently, out of seminary, and started uh, preaching. We were gonna have to go through the tribulation. Do you? Uh-huh. You were probably too young. You weren't even born. No, I know all about those. But debates, you know how they pan trib, post trib, pre trib, and how they'd argue over that. Mm-hmm. And well, my dad didn't want to go through the tribulation, so he started studying. 
and decided we weren't going through the tribulation. Mm -hmm. and I say in concert, he decided we weren't going to go through the tribulation. We crossed the street and joined the church that was going in the rapture. <laughs> and I always felt sorry for those people in the old church having to go through the tribulation right. when they could have walked across the street. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> but, um, which I love that kind of that kind of a joke because it shows the stupidity of our differences right. without saying it. Right, that's right. Yeah, that is that, a great. All you got to do is walk yeah. off the street and you got a whole new dog. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love jokes like that. For instance, when a Disneyland boy, I'm a Christians were boycotting Disneyland. Yeah, because of the Gabe Day they had uh -huh. many years ago now. That's when I got to do that joke with Gaither. All ah, oh, we had so much fun with that joke. <laughs> he would he would say, uh, "Are you Baptist?" And you know, because I always make a big deal about being Baptist. He said, "Yeah." He said, "Is it y'all?" Somehow I get into we're not allowed to do nothing. All we can do is eat and go to church. <laughs> we can't even go to Disneyland anymore. <laughs> and I would say that, and it would not say was I for it or against it. Uh -huh. it just it is, and yeah. look how stupid that is. Yeah. And, and everybody died laughing, mm -hmm. even if they were part of it. Right, right. Yeah. And I never, you know, I'd never gotten in trouble. Really? That's so interesting. About anything. Yeah. Well, you can't, like you make, you make those jokes as someone who's on the inside of it. Right. So it doesn't feel like making fun of somebody else's family. Yes. You know, you can own your place in it. So the, fact, yes, the very that fact that you talk so openly about a Baptist heritage means you well, can make Baptist jokes. Well, that's the I know anything about it, really. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm well versed in it. Because I grew up in it, but yeah, I think that does help. And also, I think because they do know. In I've tried to figure out how I have gotten by with making fun of Bill Gaither. Right. <laughs> right. And that was all his idea. Was it really? Oh, yeah. that's great. Because uh, because I joined him, I'd only been on stage by myself. Yeah. And how old were you when you joined? Thirty. Okay, you were thirty. Oh, okay. Nineteen eighty-eight. Oh. And. Um, so he would he'd have me do a monologue which I do by myself mm -hmm. obviously, and I mean I've done them I had them all these monologues I'd done forever, and he would interrupt me from the piano, mm. and at first I thought what are you doing, and then finally I thought I'm gonna have to I, I, it kind of ticked me off and I'd sass him back, well that evolved into the perpetual ten year old character that. Uh, is always making fun of things and picking on things and whenever there's dead air yeah you, the mic is always on we yeah. always had my mic on it was never off huh. so because you can't timing is everything oh absolutely sure. and if you aren't there at the moment i yeah. mean a split second later will be too late oh sure yeah yeah it's amazing yeah how that works but um but the but i think looking back on now they knew i adored him yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, right. And you can sense that. Sure. You can. You feel, you could feel there were real reverence there. That absolutely was very yeah, clear. That, that I mean, I remember being on the bus the first I, my first album when I was 9, my parents did because they thought when well, my voice changed I wouldn't be able to sing anymore. They spent $500 <laughs> to make an album. The name of it was He Touched Me. So um, I grew up it was Fanny wow. Crosby and Bill Gates. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I never knew I'd even know him, mm -hmm. much less be in the group. Mhm. Mm and I'd be on the bus just because a couple times I had to sleep in the back because they didn't have a bunk for me at, at the beginning. And he'd be on one side and I'd be on the other. And I'd just kind of be staring at him. Yeah. Thinking this, his nose would be sticking up through the <laughs> blankets. And I'd think that is, and I'd think that is, that nose was there when he wrote he did. 
church. <laughs> you know, I, mean, I started. That's let, amazing. I just that, that is yeah. the hand. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I was that far gone. Sure. At first. Thank you for listening today. For more, go to jonathanmartinwords.com and follow him on Instagram. To support this podcast and become a patron, go to patreon.com slash man. No matter who you are or where you come from, we hope this podcast can be a resource to help you come to know the love that calls you by your true name. God bless.